0: This is Corolla Digital.
1: Hello, my little animal crackers. It's me, Allison, before the show officially starts. A few words. Uh, Gary, I think we have an iTunes comment of the week.
0: Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. All right. So this week, our iTunes comment of the week comes from Melissa Carrera, and it's titled, Wow, Love It. I'm so thankful for this show. I've been listening for the past few weeks, and I'm hooked. Allison is smart, funny, and down to earth. The episode with Sarah Schaefer was really helpful because I'm going through the same thing with my husband. It gave me hope and it's that it's not too late, and maybe it's time for us to go our separate ways.
1: Melissa, thank you for your comment. Um, I actually, I don't normally do this, but I actually took a screen grab of that comment and sent it to Sarah just to say, look, we helped someone. Um, And she was really moved by that too. And that means so much when uh, people come on the podcast or when I do, just talk about something really personal and you feel like, God, I don't know if I should have talked about that. I feel vulnerable, et cetera, now. But then to find out that your words meant something to someone makes it all worth it. So thank you and thank everyone who has uh, left comments. And thank you for people, to people who haven't even left comments. Just thank you for listening. Um, I love you guys. And, but if you want to leave a comment that potentially could be an iTunes comment of the week, go to iTunes, leave a comment, click five stars, you know because we deserve it. God damn it. Uh, And that would be fantastic. Another announcement. uh, I will be doing my podcast live October 12th, which is a Friday, uh, at the LA Podcast Festival. And the guests, I have been debating whether to uh, tell you who the guests are or to just make it a surprise. But I'm going to tell you uh, one of them. It's Greg Proops. I'm going to tell you two of them, Doug Benson. And then also, I'm working on a surprise musical guest, I don't know if it's going to happen or not yet, but it will be fantastic. Also, I want to tell you guys about stamps.com. Uh, as I said, I just moved. Oh, actually, I should point out on the episode you're about to hear, uh, I talk about how I'm in the process of moving, but that's already happened. I've moved. I'm in the new place, and uh, Daniel and I were walking around the new neighborhood, and he pointed at our post office, and I said, oh, <laughs> "I'm just going to forget that. I'm going to, I'm going to promptly." Memorize it and then forget it because I'm never going to go to the post office because I have no need to go there and to wait and to deal with all the just the the inconvenience of the post office because I have stamps.com, which means that I can just print out official U.S. postage on my computer and my printer at home. And because of the free scale, the digital scale, I never have to uh, spend more than is necessary on postage because I know exactly how much to put on. It's so convenient, and it really is the, uh, it's the way everything should be done, on demand, right from your home, no extra time, no extra money, because time is money, and you're worth it. And for my listeners, that's you guys, uh, you can get a special deal. It's a no risk trial. It's a $110 bonus offer. It includes a digital scale and up to $55 free dollars of postage. $55 free dollars of postage. Uh, so don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Allison. That's stamps.com. Enter Allison. Also, I want to tell you guys about GoToMeeting this day. I love them. I love Michael from Citrix. um, And I love this product. Let's say you are you could be anywhere. You could be in a hammock. You could be in Jamaica. You could just be In your living room, you could be at a coffee house. Regardless, you're somewhere where you don't want to leave, and you get an email saying that you need to have a meeting with your coworkers. You don't want to schlep your buns to the office, do you? No. You want to just be able to meet from the convenience of wherever you are, and thanks to GoToMeeting, you can. It is a way to have a meeting online. There's video. It's HD. There's sound. It's super crisp. It is ideal. It's ideal. And Gary and I have used it, and we love it. And you can even meet with people from your iPad. You just download the app from Citrix. Uh, you need this, Gary.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely excellent. It's very easy to use. You can join it from your iPad, and, and that's a really slick app. It works very, very well. And it looks great. And uh, it's, it's really cool because it's got a lot of neat features like private chat and stuff. So if you're in a big group meeting and you need to just tell your one colleague something specific to get them in on the conversation, you can do stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's really solid and it's built for business. Mm-hmm. It does not break down like some of the other ones do.
1: And you can collaborate on documents while you're talking. So it's like having everything that you would uh, need to do a presentation, but you can do it from your computer or your iPad. And as I, I'll say it again. If you do go to meeting with your colleagues and then afterwards if you return to just regular email, you might feel lonely. You're like, I want to be able to see them. I didn't expect to feel that way, but I did. Turns out I actually like people. Start hosting your own face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. My listeners can try it free for 45 days. 45 days. Don't wait. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com. Click on the Try It Free button and use the promo code Allison. Be sure to use the promo code Allison. All righty. On this episode, the guest is Elizabeth Lame. Uh, She is a ton of fun, and I think and and we actually talked about well, I don't want to step well. No, we talked about some um, some pretty uh, moving stuff and some silly stuff, you know, per the usual. So please love this episode. I love you guys, and I will talk to you next week.
0: Your new best friend
1: Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It's me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. My guest today is Elizabeth Lame of the Totally Lame podcast. Hello. Hi. I was on her podcast and now she's on my podcast. And I do have to say something about the fact that um, I feel like I'm a little sluggish right now because I am days away from moving. And for some reason, that is just taking all my energy and all my spirit and also crushing my soul. <laughs> So even though I sound peppy <laughs> right now, it's completely phony.
2: Yeah, um, it's okay. Thank we will you. we will dwell in the darkness.
1: Yes, I'm going to feel the fear and do it anyway. That's a yeah. book title, I think. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. So what? What they don't know about you is that you're actually married to someone named Andy Rosen. Yes, and you could call your pod could and should call your podcast totally Rosen, but instead you're denying the Rosenness of you. What's going on? Um, it's like on my wedding night when I got
2: really drunk and in a good way, a fun time drunk. And I ended up at one point screaming with this terror of realization, I'm
1: a Jew. I've had that realization. (laughs) I've had that happen.
2: We all have, uh, I guess, when when it happens Mm -hmm. to us. Um, But now that I am one, I guess, I don't know, I cling to the past a little bit. But then I... I definitely embrace the Jew part when it's applicable.
1: So what you're saying is instead of you just chose totally lame because it's funny and is like a play on words and makes sense, you what you're really saying is you to- chose totally lame because you didn't want to be considered Jewish? Correct. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, good.
2: Um, no, the truth is that I keep my last name for work stuff because it's... A good icebreaker, I guess. And I also want all the assholes in high school to know that I have done something with myself.
1: Oh, right. Because if they saw Totally Rosen, they might think it's me. Right. Yeah. And they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know it's you. Yeah. What was high school like for you? I say all, of, see, every,
2: every every start so far is like, not really, they're half truth. Um, high school was actually great. There weren't really that many assholes. I was friendly with everyone. Um, I was the girl who got bees and i was I was on cheerleading I was actually you were? I was a captain, oh, but wow it wasn't like the most popular girl. I was like the captain because I was the base of the pyramid and was very supportive <laughs> and like
1: do you mean like emotionally you were the base as well yeah, okay, <laughs> I, <think so. laughs>
2: I kind of was the girl who was like friends with everyone, but I wasn't part of the popular kids. But I was still invited to those parties.
1: You were... Now, see, at my school, Captain the Cheerleading Squad would mean that you were popular.
2: I was popular in the sense that I was, I think, liked by a lot of people. And I liked everyone. But um, I... uh, How do I explain me? I was kind of like... I was a B student, B person, very spirited. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Well liked, but I was never like the most popular or most beautiful, or I had the most amazing boyfriend or anything like that.
1: But I was like fine, mm-hmm. you know. So, so high school was not traumatic for you. Yeah, it was pretty benign, honestly. Right. When did the trauma happen, or did it never? Oh, it happens. Okay, big time.
2: <laughs> I love. <laughs> is it? Is there always trauma
1: with um, people who perform? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I think there is. Although, That's interesting. I feel like if you were to pull over. Not in a car, just sort of, uh, just, um, just grab anyone in the world and and ask them about that. There's some trauma, don't you think? Yeah, that's fair. Although I like my husband,
2: really hasn't had everything's. Listen, everything's relative. And like last week, my cat died. I'm sorry. Thank you. That and for two days, I was like, it was the depths of despair. Despair, yeah. And. So it made me realize everything's relative because I have my huge trauma is that when I was 19, my mom died, and then 10 months later, my
1: dad died. That is a big two part trauma. Yeah,
2: it was a. I was going to say a double team, but that's not appropriate. It was you got a double teamed team by death. Yeah. I got double teamed by, yeah, death. Yeah. Um, and so when the cat died last week it made me realize like for 2 days i felt the same way after my parents died even though the healing time was much faster mm-hmm. but um and like my husband has never had someone really close to him die unless it was like a grandparent of old age right um he had a really pleasant upbringing i mean he's struggled like everyone but there's but But there are certain things from his childhood that seem more traumatic, like maybe his parents' fighting was really traumatic, whereas my parents' fighting, now I'm like, oh, whatever, they fought, all parents fight. You know what I mean? So it's all relative. Mm -hmm. We're all, we're all, can we swear? Oh, well, fuck yes. We're all fucked.
1: Well, do you think... (laughs) Harry just did like a cute little thumbs up nod. Well, we are. Gary we especially, are. yeah, definitely me. super fucked. Yeah. Um, I can't decide whether I want that to be f u c k e d or f u c t. Definitely, I don't. Gary's shaking his head. Oh my god, I totally don't want that. I don't want it to be skateboard or fucked. No. Okay.
2: I like it. I like the f u c t because I've never heard of it. Maybe f u k t f u k d. I feel like sometimes fuked. people.
1: Yeah, we're all fuked. We so are. Did feel well, now... like
0: punked? F-U-C-K apostrophe D. Oh yeah,
1: D. Uh, that's good. We're fucked. Go. I feel like Ashton Kutcher is going to walk in here in a minute <laughs>
2: naked. I I sat next to him the other night. Where? Kutcher. Ugh, at Soho House.
1: Oh, fancy. Uh, I've never been to this fancy place. I don't have any pictures from a photo booth at Soho House with Diablo Cody, which everyone has.
2: Yeah, it's weird how she just sits there waiting for
1: <laughs> every single person. Is it the real her? <laughs> or is it um, uh, a mannequin? They
2: probably hire someone.
1: Yeah. Um, what were you doing at Soho House?
2: Um, that, well... Can you not say? Is it... Is oh, it, yeah, no, okay. I can say. I'm, I was just having dinner with some friends.
1: Okay. But they must be fancy friends.
2: Yeah, they're pretty fancy. They're pretty fancy. Famous? Um, I don't know. You probably know them. And I don't, wanna, div- I, don't I feel. Divulge. I feel weird saying who it is because, A, it's not that big of a deal. And, B... I don't know if they want to be, like, no, known that as you being don't that
1: fancy. Being friends with you. You don't know if they want people to know that they know you. <laughs> More importantly. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, so what is the Soho House like? Is it like everything I hear?
2: Ah, uh, See, Andy and I, I have spent a lot of time there recently because of my friend's a member, and we've, for his business, have had a couple meetings there. Mm-hmm. And I've been, like, talking about it. And I grew up in St. Louis. Like, we belong to a country club, and I don't know. I think that even though as much as I hate it, there's a part of me who long, like longs to belong to a club yeah. <laughs> of some sort. And my husband is the opposite of that. Like he poo poos any pretension and whatever. I don't think I'm pretentious, but the Soho house is really fucking nice. And it's cool nice. It's like anthropology made a really cool, like cozy, loungy restaurant with the most amazing views of LA and then there's there's an eating area that's called the garden which is really beautiful and it it's made to feel unpretentious but still very nice but Mm -hmm. then the people who are there you're like oh it is really pretentious but I like it because I can imagine like riding there and I don't know I really love it and I told Andy I really want to join someday and he's he like that will be a fight that we have. And I'm like, don't kill this for me. <laughs> like <laughs> This dream of it's belonging. It's one thing I have to look forward to out of no other things. Right. No,
1: your life is fairly hopeless. The Soho House membership is the only <laughs> thing I have to look forward <laughs> You're to. You're hanging on to it. I know. Well, wait, what does it take to be a member there? It's not even that much. What do you think it would take? I think 10,000 and 30,000. I don't know what. It's 2000 a year. That's it? Plus, I mean, that's a lot, but I thought in New York, like I think it's more. It's like a membership. I think it it's might like 10000 in New York. Maybe. Yeah, wow. And, ha- and do you have to be sponsored or something? Yeah, you have like... to have two
2: members. But listen, Allison, if <laughs> you wanted in, I could get you in. Really? I'd be really jealous of you. <laughs> You'd have to take me there.
1: But yes. Oh, you mean because you're not going to be able to get in because of your husband?
2: No, just we don't have. We're not burdened with disposable income right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not either, actually. But, uh, but someday I hope to be. Yes, me too. Right. God. And then do they vote you in or not, or do you, like it's just two people nominate you, you show up with the cash, and it's done. I think that's what I, I think it has to be in a uh, some sort of briefcase. Briefcase that you set down, and then someone comes along, and picks up the wrong one, and it's filled with men's underwear. Well, the men's underwear will only get you so far.
2: (laughs) Right. You better hope. Yes. Um, Yeah, that's exactly how it goes down.
1: So there's hope for us yet. I know. Gary, have you been there?
0: No, not to the one in L.A. But
1: you've been to the one in New York. I know. Gary! (laughs) You've been to the one in New York. Yes. How did you get in there?
0: I have a friend who became a junior member by lying about what he does. So I have a friend who's a member. They only accept creative types. Uh Uh-huh. And... This guy's just super pretentious, like you were talking about, and just is all about flashing his money. So he lied about what he does and got a membership there as a junior member. What's but a junior member? It's well, in you're right. It's way more expensive in New York. Like a regular membership is north of ten thousand, mm-hmm. and the junior membership was like five.
2: Oy vey. I know. Junior membership is for people like under twenty six or
0: something. Yeah. Like oh, it's an age thing. Yeah, it's an age thing, hmm. and, and it's cheaper. But then, by
2: the way. Fook you if you are under twenty five and joining. So
1: leave that for like. What kind of creative types have that money?
2: Well, a lot, and also like we went there for a meeting with like, um, uh, Universal record label, like Mm -hmm. record label people and stuff like that. It's a real businessy. And oh, while we were having dinner in Ashton, if you know him like I do, came in. (laughs) Um. This guy, oh, this is going to be no fun. I don't even know his name. This very, this actor that my friend was like, holy shit, I even though she's an actress and she's mm-hmm. not like that. But I guess it's like a crush that she has sat on the other side of us.
1: And we were flanked. <laughs> right by Ashton and that guy. Yeah. Who was famous. Mm-hmm. Um, now, have you ever been to Disneyland's Club 33?
2: Oh my God, Allison. I
1: haven't, but Gary has. Gary? Are you allowed to talk about it? Or will someone, no, it's not, it's Gary, like, Mickey, a rub you out? Gary, okay, first of all, can I just say, we were
2: at Disneyland yesterday with my <gasps> wow, sister. that's why
1: you look so happy.
2: Mm, um, <laughs> with my sister and her husband and my husband, or her, oh my God. <laughs> her <laughs> husband, they were going on and on about Club 33. They showed it to us because they really like club
1: type things. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're the, those people that Andy isn't.
2: Yes, exactly. But. Even though everyone loves each other. But they live in Newport Beach, which, you know, you know, because you're that's, from Orange County. That's
1: where we're from, Gary oh, and I. Oh, you both are. Yeah, and roughly. So you get it. Yeah.
2: And uh, his someone at his law firm had a membership that was, like, passed down through generations. Mm. And then they got to the point where everyone in the law firm was using it. And Club 33 got wind of this. <laughs> and shut it down. <gasps> no! But we were like, so... And my sister's like, the food's okay. Um, I mean, it's it's okay. It's just cool, you know, to go. And we're like, but why? (laughs) So, Gary, tell us. And tell everyone, because listeners might not know what. Oh, yeah, maybe they don't.
1: I had never heard of it. Well, I've always heard of it as a secret club at Disneyland, which that's enough for me. (laughs) And also, I know that it says 33. It's like hidden somewhere. Like I have a whole. So growing up in Orange County, you go to Disneyland a lot. Right. I have a childhood of walking by it and knowing where it is, but never gaining entree, (sighs) except that I think Gary might be able to hook me up unless they're doing some kind of crackdown because of of the law firm shenanigans. Wait, Gary, are you a member?
0: (laughs) Uh, I... Have access to a membership. I am not a member. I'm under thirty, and therefore would be an asshole to be a member.
1: Indeed. How do you even get to be a real member of that club?
0: It's changed a lot in the last like two months, but it. <laughs> she's right. For a long. What time, mouse do you have to fuck? <laughs> for a long Seriously. time, there was like a certain number of memberships that were just passed down amongst you know companies or whatever, and uh, the reason that it was cool was because um, it included free park hoppers. So you would make a reservation for four and you would get basically $400 worth of tickets and then you go in and you you had to spend a a minimum but it was less than the ticket price. So you got a mediocre meal and paid what you would have paid to go to Disneyland anyways and you can like have a bottle of wine with dinner and stuff. They serve alcohol. So it's like it was more – for a long time it was more just a more cost-effective and neat way to go to Disneyland, especially with people from out of town, because you go up to this door and push this buzzer. Yeah, it's, and-, and
2: also, yeah, the no- walking out that door and feeling superior to all the people in the Peter Pan line, because that's where it is. Walking out and just, gosh, Wait, you feel is? great about yourself.
0: It's, it's behind, by Peter Pan? I behind, thought it was by the
2: Haunted Mansion.
0: It's behind Pirates of the Caribbean.
2: Yeah, okay. Oh, my mistake.
1: <laughs> you really don't know.
0: I
2: belong. was there. <laughs>
1: Yesterday, you guys, it got, little, it got a little. crazy at Disneyland. Confusing Fantasyland with um Adventureland Tomorrowland. No, what land is Peter Pan ride in? I, think it's I thought it was in
0: Fantasyland.
1: I mean, not Peter Pan. Pirates of the right. Caribbean.
0: It's uh. I think, think we might be both
2: right. I think because they might be next to each other. I think
1: they do butt up against each other. Yeah.
2: Well, little the green door, I think for thirty three is right there. And oh how I wished I know. To walk in. It's and walk like out.
1: it's like if you've ever flown first class, which I have like twice in my life, then the next flight in coach is like oh take me back it's to New, New Orleans where- Square. Ah yes. Yeah. It's like but you probably know I was just saying that if you've ever flown first class. Then the next flight back to coach, it's like, oh, I don't want to be one of you regular people. I want to be special. I try want the it. big fat seat with the line and the real yeah. silverware.
0: Try being 11 inches taller.
1: Yeah. yeah try that, out. Really I can't, sucks. but I imagine that. It
0: really sucks going I bet. back to yeah. Yeah.
1: I literally. <laughs> okay. For anyone who doesn't know, Gary is 11 inches tall. Everything's first funny. class for
2: him. <laughs> Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I have horrible... Actually, though, I read a book in my last flight back from New York. I think I overcame it. But horrible flying anxiety. Mm-hmm. Panic attacks. And I don't have it in first class. Like, I hate to say, I think I'm a bona fide kind of snob, even though I really don't want to be one. But mm-hmm. just based on that fact, I have a physical...
1: Fear reaction Maybe it's claustrophobia Sort of
2: Possibly But it's definitely flying It's definitely about The plane I'm trying to find Some non-snobby
1: way To look at this But you're right Maybe you are a snob But I think I just enjoy The finer things The finer things I certainly do Like there
2: are people That's why we're best friends Yeah, That's right And I'm a little upset That whoever comes on This podcast
1: next Will be your new best friend But you're the real one Okay (laughs) (laughs) Um and if I ever say that to someone else, I'm lying to them, okay? Good to know. It's, re- it's real when it okay. comes to you. Um, uh, there are people who will say things like, I don't see the point of spending money on a nice hotel room because it's like I'm not even going to be in the room in whatever city they're in. And I um, I admire that kind of they're a backpacking person who's kayaked in their life and they know how to c- <laughs> um, carry stuff in rolls on their back and a canteen and all of that makes sense to them. But I am someone who... Part of the vacation for me, if I'm on a vacation, is the hotel, is being in a hotel. Yes. Um, or maybe, I don't know, I just remember at a certain point, because I used to go to South by Southwest, you guys, so uh, your husband, Andy Rosen, mm-hmm. no relation to me, um, is a music producer. Yes. Do you guys go to South by Southwest? No. Okay. Well, you know of it though, right? That yes. big you know, music uh, conference, which is now more about internet, I think. But anyway, I used to always go because I wrote about music. And at a certain point, I realized the the idea of staying in a room with like six other people, I can't do it. I have to just get my own hotel room.
2: Oh yeah. Well, I think that's also getting
1: older. Like I I backpacked
2: and I stayed in like hostels with complete strangers. And did you like that though? Oh my god. The entire I I did two months and the entire time and I was by myself. All I thought was I cannot wait to do this with money. Yeah. Um, Was that in Europe or Europe? Okay. But yeah, for me, I love nice hotels. I love it. I will go to a nice hotel and just like. Actually, my sister and I did that after my parents passed away. Like the f- the next Christmas, we got rooms at we got a room at the Ritz, and for a three days, stayed in the hotel room. and It was so nice, like mm-hmm. room service and movies and the beds and all of it. And the sex was great. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, yeah, yeah. Um, one bed or two, two beds. Okay. Got to have your own bed.
1: Yeah, my sister and I went on a romantic weekend. Um accidentally oh. though. It was, I was writing for a magazine. I was writing for Time Out in New York mm-hmm. and it was the like vacation issue or something. And um we were all going on road trips and at the last so my sister and I were driving to Connecticut and we were going to Mystic Connecticut and like at the last minute I decided let's stay at this inn here instead of this place here and it was like this totally romantic couplesy inn, which it was so wasted on us and it was like this big king bed and I just remember like we weren't getting along really oh. um, but I mean it was like really stupid stuff right but, you know like I like we had rented it was this everyone had rented different cars it was like a car plus vacation trip and like I wanted the top down and you know by the time we got there she looked like the Unabomber because she had like her hood and just a tiny bit of her face showing <laughs> and sunglasses and she was just not she was not having any of it um, but she she was just like, stay on your side <laughs> of the bed. So she we sounds didn't, we didn't like a gem. Up. Yeah. She's <laughs> actually delightful. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, just, I don't think that came across, her delightfulness in the story. She's not always delightful. Though. Is your sister older or younger? Three years older. Oh, boy. Wait, we probably went through this on your podcast, I like but you I now maybe have did. amnesia or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my sister is three years and nine months younger than I am. Oh, interesting. And is your sister... Um, so she's married. Okay, because you know, my sister is married and my sister is sort of, uh, at this point, more advanced in life than I am, I'd say. People think I'm the younger one. What? How, in what respect? How is she? She just seems more... Serious, and she's actually not. She's very funny. She, she's a lawyer. Oh, and well, she's why. married. I'm not married. And she's, um, you know, she, she'll have kids before I do. Those are the just, things, right? Yes, they are. Well,
2: that's just like society's version of what. Yes. It's interesting. What I mean. Andy and I, uh, my husband and I, were talking about this. Like, we have a close family friend who is just a total drifter, and we were saying someone we know who's younger is probably going to end up like this person who's like 40 and he surfs and he kind of drifts around and does whatever comes his way. But he's also kind of lost, but he's maybe happy. I don't really think he is, but whatever. It's not my, not my journey. But I was saying like, oh, this other person we know, I think he's going to end up like him. And Andy was like, yeah, I bet a lot of people think that we're like that. Like a lot of people think that what we do in entertainment or podcasting, I mean,
1: right, it's is dilettantism kind of.
2: Yeah. Which so, you know, whatever, but especially coming from St. Louis, like people don't understand. When I go back to St. Louis, I think people just think it's me and Andy are like that. We're mm-hmm. just like drifters, like because we don't gypsies. have kids yet. Because I don't have like a 9 to 5 job um nor does Andy. <laughs> Uh, you still have longish hair. We st- I still have longish so hair. Like you have to cut your hair when you I grow I haven't up. had three children. I don't have, like, a two-story Colonial and a BMW. Uh, I don't have a membership to the Soho House. Or a
1: cat. Or a sorry, cat anymore. that was awful. I'm I have sorry. a dog. No. Oh, yeah, okay.
2: The you. dog. Yeah, phew. No, yeah. Sad about the cat. But point being... They don't even know what to ask me. And okay, here's something interesting. So you guys know uh who Ellie Kemper is. Yes. She's on the
1: office. Mm-hmm. And so, she was in Bridesmaids, right? Yes. And John Hamm was her instructor, I think. I read that. Yes. So she and I grew up in the same, like
2: social world in St. Louis. Is she your Soho House friend? No. Okay. Um and she and I both went into comedy. And Ellie is super smart, crazy, funny, talented, hardworking, all of it. Um, And I am pursuing writing, and she got a couple great breaks that she totally deserved. Very kind of, not early as she worked for them, but people in St. Louis have latched onto that because it's something they can understand because they see her on TV, and they know... Like oh she's very successful and it's almost like there's no correlation that we came up literally in the same theater in New York we were on the same paths and her path went one way mm-hmm. and it's like I just like after college went out to sea and I'm floating around they don't even know what to ask me so it's a bit of a bummer but point being when you say your sister seems, like, older or, like, further along in life right. or whatever it is.
1: That's just a perception thing. Yes, exactly. It, and, yeah. But weirdly, she has more gray hairs than I do. Or not weirdly. I know. Hmm. hmm. No, I think it is weirdly. I, I don't know. We're, I mean, we actually look a lot alike, but then in some ways we're very different. Like, she would die if she knew I was saying this. But um, when it comes to the chest, mm-hmm. she was a little more blessed in that area than I am. And right. it's weird. That we don't have that we have different body types. Yeah, my sister and I have pretty different body
2: types. Maybe it's not that weird then. She's she has two kids, and she's like never been in better shape. She's super tiny, um, doesn't have much in the chest area, and I don't know where I got mine because my mom had some boobs, but I found out after she died that she had breast implants. You didn't know that? Didn't know. Oh wow! How did you find out? Uh, my sister and I were taking, were hanging out, and I was looking at a magazine, and I said to her, "How do you feel about plastic surgery?" And she's like, "I don't know. You know, maybe I'll want it someday. I don't know. I don't like judge it. I mean, obviously, look at mom." And I was like, "What do you mean, look at mom? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes sense though, because she was very sick and lost a lot of weight, but she always had those perky bosoms.
1: Perky. That's actually, crazy. Did you? If I found out that my mom had had something like..." breast implants and i didn't know i would i would be like oh my god how did i not know that oh yeah it was, it so was weirdly... a thing for yeah me. like this was like 10 years ago so i've come to terms with it but i
2: well, think we can still
1: dredge it up here sure <laughs> please
2: <laughs> i think it's it's weird because my mom and i were very close and like very very close um she was a southern belle Like, our biggest fights were that I wouldn't wear makeup. Mm -hmm. And I think I dug my heels in and I went the opposite direction. Like, I became a hippie. I wore, like, khaki and hemp and (laughs) no makeup. And I went to extremes to not make myself look pretty. Mm Because it was like, it's all about what's on the inside and all that stuff. Um, Which she hated, I'm sure. So it makes sense that she wouldn't have told me but would have
1: told my sister who... Oh, you think that she would have she was protecting herself from you judging her. Sure. And is that accurate?
2: Yeah. I mean, now I wouldn't, but Mm -hmm. I think at the time I probably would have. And, but it is a bummer because I'm like, that's a big thing that I didn't know about. And I, that seems like a big,
1: have you been able to figure out when it was like, was there a time? My sister and I have like tried to figure it out. Maybe when we were at camp Oh yeah, that seems like a time for that. I I wonder how people who are in the public eye, all of a sudden, get work done and then show up looking different, and it's not a big like. I feel like, um, like a nose job or something, which I have to say is someone who hates my nose but is afraid of surgery. I like it's always I hate my nose, but your nose is cute and no, it's not. But I See, it we is. can get into this.
2: Mine was broken, and my two front teeth were chipped off during a, a party when I was a youngster. Sounds like a not very fun party. No, I. This is gruesome. Okay. I uh, and I interrupted you too, and no, no, I, no. well, I want to hear. Well, I yours first? Sleeping under a pool table at a slumber party, and someone knocked against the balls or something. A ball jumped the <gasps> lip, oh, and landed squarely on my nose and mouth. Oh my god! So my two front teeth are like half fake. Uh-huh. My nose got busted, and my parents didn't plastic surgery it. It they, were, they just let it heal. So it is crooked. I have a horribly deviated septum. Well,
1: see, then you have all the excuses one needs. I
2: know, but I can't bring myself to do
1: this. I know. Well, You're the same? Yeah, I can't because I'm afraid, what if I end up with one of those noses afterwards that's like one of those little tiny, like, it looks totally wrong in your face, awful things. That, and the pain, and... You have to wear a bandage for a really long time. That's what I'm saying. How do you sneak out for that long with your bandage on, and then you come back and you look different? And then what happens? You know?
2: I don't know. I know, I feel like Zoe Deschanel recently did that.
1: Really? Yeah. What makes you
2: say that? Because someone, my friend, was like tweeting about it. Like, really? Oh. But I feel like everyone we see has had work done. It's a bummer. Mm-hmm. I went to dinner with um. I'm I'm very active in like animal rescue stuff, and. I went to dinner with a couple of my friends from that world and one of them brought her friend, long story, but she's like super vegan and she has this crazy body that she uses as like a billboard for veganism. (laughs) Um, During the dinner, we got pretty drunk and she basically told us that she has tons of plastic surgery. Wow. Which she's like 30 and also... I, it really rubbed me the wrong way, not because she got it, but because she's, like, kind of... I was so excited that she was this veganism billboard, and then I'm kind of like, oh, it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. What did she have done? Uh, lipo, tux, boob job, like, it's the like Heidi Montag. But it's not it's not as, like, freakish as Heidi right. Montag. I mean, she looks great, and I don't think you would know it unless she told us. But the way she was talking to us was, like trust me, go to my doctor. You're going to love him. Like we all, it's just assumed that we're all going to do something or that we all need it. And I'm like, I, I went home and looked in the mirror and thank God my husband is like for, I I make it sound like he forbids me from a lot of things, but it's just the two things. Mm -hmm. He forbids me from plastic surgery, especially my face. Um, I think I could convince him if I really desperately wanted like a boob lift or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it made me realize like it's like athletes juicing like i feel like us normal gals don't have a chance yeah because everyone is mm-hmm. botoxing and whatevering right and it's like i don't want to do that but then i'm also like am is the standard becoming such that i'm not going to be
1: I don't... Competing for what is not... But you know what I mean? Like, Right. It's expected now, it seems like. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like everyone does Botox. Um, I never have, but a lot of my friends have had Botox.
2: Which is, like, at our... I mean, I guess you I don't know. Yeah. I think of Botox, like, when you're 60. No. Yeah, I know. I think people in their 20s do it, even. Oh, God. I don't know. I still...
1: um See, this is why my mom didn't tell me about the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> actually, my sister was like, because th- through my whole life, there's always been this in the background, me talking about, you know, the nose job that one day I'll maybe get, but I'm probably not going to get, I'm aware of that, you know. But um, she was like, pl- she's like pleading with, she's like, please don't, please don't do that. It'll freak me out if I look at you and you look different. And like, I totally get that. Yeah. It. And it, I I judge it, actually, with unless it's like, it's corrective, you know, or mm-hmm. unless it's necessary. But I guess I judge it because I feel like there's some sort of self hating that must be happening to lead someone to mutilate themselves in that way. Even if, in the same breath, I know that maybe I, I would like my face better if I had a nose job.
2: Yeah, I, I feel you totally. Like, I, but as you're saying that, I'm like, no. You can't get a nose job. Okay. Because I won't, but... And, and this is not a bad thing, but, like, your nose plays an important role in, like, your face and who you are. And I feel like I can say the same thing about mine, that it's, like, it being my nose being a little crooked or whatever. Uh, it would be a bummer to me if you got yeah, a nose job. Was, or now I'm thinking in, if I got one.
1: There is that fear, that all of a sudden, you'd, it'd be like the Jennifer Grey thing. Now, I don't know if she had more work done or not, but all of a sudden, that like, you wouldn't look like yourself. That's right. freaky.
2: And her nose is perfect. Like, mm-hmm. her new nose, I'm sure, it is exactly what she hoped for. But then there's just, like, it's like a part of her, her personality has been taken up yeah. or something. Having said that, I do have a friend who had, like, corrective jaw, nose surgery, and... She still really looks like herself, but mm-hmm. it's like, do you want to risk that? I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, my understanding is that with good plastic surgery, you still do look like yourself, just a tiny bit better. Like the people, where you're like, I th- did they? I don't know. They just look better. Like that's mm-hmm. supposed to be good plastic surgery. Versus the like, oh my god, you have no nose left. That's yeah, bad. Bad. Um, but I remember uh, I had a therapist who gradually began looking more taut. T a u t. Um, and she was like, oh, I love plastic surgery. And I thought, this is, this suggests a different worldview than mine. Similarly, another therapist, and I've only had two, um, but another one was into astrology. And I thought, hmm, again, suggests a different worldview, but I'm okay with it.
2: Oh yeah. See, (laughs) well, we'll get to that. I agree. Oh, on the plastic surgery front, A- a therapist saying,
1: I love surgery is
2: slightly like what, worrisome. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like what she did with her, you know, money, I guess. I know. Well, what, that's she another was like thing. like sort of a, a hobby slash obsession. Not to get too fucking
2: self righteous, but like what you could do with that money. I mean, and it's stupid. There, there, there are lines you can cross. Like, yes. I might join this Soho house, and I could do a lot of good with that money. <laughs> and I, I, like, buy makeup, and I buy nice clothes, and those are things, you know, I have friends who literally forego all of life's uh, pleasures pleasures, so that they can rescue more animals. Mm-hmm. And my hat off to them. But plastic surgery, oh, the other thing I wanted to say, like, your therapist getting more and more taught, it's almost like now there's this look that people are trying to achieve, that which is shows super unnatural. It, but what it is is it's like a status thing. It shows oh, yeah. that I've had. I've, I, find when I go see my sister in Newport Beach, I see a lot
1: of this. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there is that Real Housewives look. I yeah. think it looks shitty though, but it's of sort course. of expected. It's the it's the straightened hair, and by the way, my hair is straightened, but it's not blonde. Um, and yeah, it's the lips that look wrong and too big on the face, and mm-hmm. it's a to- and the breasts that are very perky in the juicy tracksuit and yeah or whatever it is a very specific look indeed where do am i allowed to ask where in newport
2: they i actually i mean it's in newport beach um off of dover okay like dover shores there is a dover shores i don't know that's probably where it is Mm -hmm. near uh there that little elementary school Gary,
1: are you knowing where this is?
0: I know where it is. It's right right over by Harbor, but I can't think of which elementary schools are over there. My nephew's in the other side of town. Hmm. I don't know. Well, not important. Their address is...
1: (laughs) So, um, can I ask, uh, how did your parents die?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, My mom had pancreatic cancer, and then my dad... Oh, God, this is so heartbreaking. Um, My dad had a heart attack he really had a broken heart like mm-hmm. he how old were they 53 both of them my i mean my dad they were in good health for the most part um and then you know after my mom died my dad this will tell you how much he was in pain he took me and my sister on my parents honeymoon like eight months after she died that was our family trip he was There's like the same trip you mean? Same trip. Oh, where, where'd where you go? This is another weird... Fuck. I've never talked about this, but um, it was Austria and Germany, which is a kind of weird place to go for a honeymoon. Maybe, maybe not now, but...
1: Right. What year was that?
2: Um, I guess so. They were born in 44. I don't know, in the 60s. Oh. But my mom's, like, first love was this Austrian guy named Guthard <laughs> who my it was like a joke in my ho- our house even it was like stuck with her so much and I think at one point she thought she was getting engaged to him and she flew out to visit him and he broke up with her and broke her heart Aww. and then after that she met my dad and they loved each other very much but there is always this ghost of this like the one that got away or whatever the one and my dad would call him goat turd (laughs) but isn't that kind of weird like i thought i was talking to andy about this the other day that that they went there for their honeymoon
1: well what was your mom's relationship with the place
2: i mean it was only as far as i know had she been there with him well i think he was from austria or something it is what yeah that's one thing like I would love to and I would love like she had pictures of him like a little album that had pictures of him like I. it's kind of sad I think mm-hmm. that she really had her heart broken was with, in love with this man and like carried it with her her entire life um and like I would love to like track him down and find out what the fuck happens
1: maybe he listens
2: I bet he does. <laughs> how did she meet him? She was a flight attendant, Oh. or she not a flight attendant, but she worked for Delta, um, in reservations or something. So I think that's how they met. I don't know, but I've always like, oh, it, it's cra- it's so crazy to me that that's where they went, and I I can't help but feel like it had some weird. It was weirdly connected to that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we went and had a (laughs) lovely vacation. When he told us, he's like, we should take a family trip. It had been... She was the glue. Mm -hmm. She died. And we all, like, got lost, basically. So this was going to be our, like, reuniting thing. Um, And we were like, a cruise! Hawaii! And he was like, well... Go follow the footsteps that we laid out twenty-seven years earlier. <laughs> oh, so weird. It so was really you really, re- weird. Re-
1: you really re- recreated it. Yeah, he did. Wow, the sex again was amazing. <laughs> it's good that you guys can get along in that way, especially yeah. in a time that some might think was sad. Yeah, but it's good to connect. Um, wow. Okay, so okay, so you were nineteen, and you were in college at that point. Mm-hmm. And where was your sister? She had
2: graduated from college, and she moved to Manhattan Beach and was working in, in like, entertainment PR. Um, she also had met her now husband in senior year of college, so they were, like, newly in love. They had moved out to Southern California together. So she kind of was, like, in that mm-hmm. world. And we dealt with my mom's death very differently. Um, so... Like, we were not very close at that point in time. And I kind of went back to school and, like, started trying to get into drugs (laughs) because (laughs) I was, like, trying to find something. And Mm -hmm. luckily that didn't take. Um, And my dad was just working so hard because he had, like, taken off of work while my mom was sick, So he was, like, flying. He was in, like, three different continents and one— Week It was crazy. What what did your dad do? He was a construction engineer. Um, this company Parsons in Pasadena, that's, he was like vice president of this company.
1: Were they living out here or was this? Yeah. They were now,
2: when I graduated from high school, they moved
1: to Pasadena. Okay. Yeah. So you guys handled it differently. Was your sister not present?
2: Not really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Oh, my dad had a heart attack on their the first anniversary of their wedding date after my mom had died. Wow. Had and he had
1: heart trouble before?
2: No, but, like, he was really unhealthy. I think he was drinking a lot. He was traveling so much. Like, he wasn't taking care of himself, and he was so sad. Mm-hmm. Like, in Germany, I noticed I was kind of worried about his physical health. And he was actually really into tennis, and he was playing tennis when he died. Um, So, but to me, it's just, like, I could never have imagined him getting remarried or, like, he was the epitome of just, like, depressed and lost. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to say it because it was horrible, but in a weird way, it was almost a relief. Like, I was so worried about him. I would go home every weekend if he was there, and, like, I felt like I was the parent, sort of, and... um but he was the parent. And there was nothing I could do about it. I was really worried about his drinking,
1: and was did he drink a lot when you were growing up?
2: he yeah, I would say, I would say he had a problem, but it was like managed, mm-hmm. but I do know, like my mom would always play that card when they were arguing or something um, and like he drank every night, but mm-hmm. he was a functioning. I guess alcoholic if that's what he was. Right. Did he think he had a problem? I think I think he probably must have known on, on some level. Like he was a really hard worker and he came from nothing and really built himself into like a very successful provider and he I put a lot of pressure on himself and he sweat the small stuff. Like that book Don't sweat the small mm-hmm. stuff was on his bedside table. all my life
1: (laughs) so how did you find out that he had a heart attack oh so it
2: actually was like three days before my sister's birthday and we were going to meet up at the house in Pasadena for her birthday so I drove from school in Santa Barbara which is like two and a half hours and I got home and then I was like we had i took my dog out for a walk and I showered cuz I got there a few hours early and I dad wasn't there but I didn't really think anything of it. We were all supposed to meet up in the afternoon. The phone kept ringing and I just ignored it. And then finally I picked it up and I guess they had been calling me like my roommate in Santa Barbara, my sister, the hospital, everyone had been calling. Um and I I was in the shower and I got out of the shower and the phone had been ringing the entire time I was in the shower. So I ran to my parents' room and closed the door. I I was literally naked, wet. Mm-hmm. And I answered the phone and my sister said, like, "Where have you been? I've been trying to get a hold of you." And I said I would I drove home and and she was like, "Um, dad had a heart attack." And I said, "Well, where is he?" Thinking like, "Oh my god, I have to get dressed and go to the hospital." And she said, "He he's dead."
1: Oh my god.
2: And I Like you know, whatever primal scream you do when that happens, and like it was, it was pretty devastating. I mean, that both times when my mom and my dad, I just like collapsed, and it took a couple of weeks for me to like even wrap my head around it. Yeah. Which I will say, my sister was amazing. Like she and my brother in law handled
1: all of the shit (laughs) that Mm -hmm. happens when someone dies. Did, um, so was it, the heart attack was fatal? Like he didn't even get to the Yeah, hospital? and he
2: was playing tennis with a doctor. So it was immediate. And he had stopped playing. She later called us and talked to us and she said, this was the first time they played. They had never met before. It was like a singles, like set, not romantic, mm-hmm. but just tennis set up. And she said, like, I wanted to let you know. Oh, my God, I'm going to get emotional. Is this a comedy podcast? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Not currently. (laughs) No. She was like, I want to let you know that, like, before, right before he died, they sat down to take a break because he was really, like, winded. And he told her, like, about my mom. And he told her that he was, like, really proud of us and how we were doing and, you know, told her all about me and my sister. And he just stood up and fell down and it, he was gone. Oh,
1: I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, so what was that like then? Losing them both in such a short amount of time. My, my mom lost her parents in like this, sp- they died. They both had cancer and they died a few weeks apart. Oh God. And, but she was 31 and mm-hmm. she already had two little kids, which it took me a long time to realize, wait, that, like now, to me, that is young. Right. Like, oh my God. Right. I don't. But I mean, at 19, that's obviously much younger.
2: Yeah, it was hard. I mean, it was a crazy. I think that 19, 20, 21, 22, 24 are like hard years for anyone. Yes. You know, um, I think I just got through it. I, I like, I graduated from college a year early. So I think I like threw myself into just school and like studying and, um, I don't really know, I don't know how I did it, but I did, you know, it's one of those things. I think I could do it again. I certainly hope I never have to do Mm -hmm. anything, but, um, yeah, it was, it sucked. I had to grow up very quickly and I also was extremely alone, you know, which I look at kids who are like in the foster care system or orphaned or I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, when I was 19, I still, like, I could function. I was an adult. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that aspect of it, I think, it was just, like, missing them. And I loved my parents very much. So that was hard. But, yeah, the other aspect of growing up really quickly was weird. Also, I had a ton of money suddenly, mm-hmm. which I no longer <laughs>
1: If only you joined Soho
2: House I then. I know! What was I? I would have gotten the junior rate. Um, <laughs> well, did, did
1: you spend it carelessly or just because of life? You in don't have some it?
2: ways I did and then in some ways I really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um. Both both of those. But it was weird being 19 and having like making financial decisions that sometimes were really poor. Right. Or I don't know. Yeah, it was interesting.
1: Um. So how does that affect you? you and Andy, the fact that you have, have been through, I don't want to quantify it, but I'm going to, let's say, you know, uh, well, different rites of passage. Mm
2: -hmm. He's really great. Like he's really understanding about that. He, he humors me. I mean, I have my, like multiple days every year, my dad's birthday, the day they died. I'm, you know, bring it up.
1: Yeah. Still. My mom still, you know, they both died in June and June is a tough month for her still. Yeah. And it's like a zillion years. She's a zillion plus 31 years old. <laughs> it's a long time. Good for
2: her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think it really changes much. Like Andy and I relate to each other in so many ways and he is very sweet and um, supportive about that stuff. And also, so Andy and I knew each other when we were little kids and my mom, like, he was my first crush, and my mom, like, had met him, mm-hmm. which, I don't know, gives me some sort of comfort, yeah. you know, that, so, um, yeah, it doesn't really affect, you know, I have to say, like, talking about in this sort of way, it's, it's sad, and it kind of, I'm emotional, but I'm really, like, very much at peace with it. I mean, it was my path, I, like, feel, I'm grateful I had them. I feel like it was their time or whatever and um I this doesn't this might sound heartless I wouldn't like change it now. Mm-hmm. So I I'm really at peace with it. Like I wouldn't want to bring them back or have changed things. I think that's like it all worked out the way it was meant to. Mm-hmm. And um I mean I miss them and that's not to say I wouldn't love to spend time with them, but you know
1: Right. It is what it is. sounds like the pain is not sharp. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, So wait, you and Andy were friends when you were kids. And then Mm -hmm. what happened? How did I forget? I feel like maybe I know this story, but I'm forgetting. How did you?
2: He moved to Idaho. Okay. When, when we were like 13 and then in 13, yeah. And then 12 years later in New York, we both lived there at the time And I just passed him on the street and he recognized me. (laughs) Did you recognize him also? No, he said who he was. And I was like, oh my God. Because I had a crush
1: on him when we were little and yeah. And then did you just start, did you start dating at that point? Mm Mm-hmm. And then you've been together ever since? Uh Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so cute. Um, okay. So now you you guys both would you say you host it with him or you both host it? I host the, it. Okay. You <laughs> He's host He's my sidekick. Right. You host the Totally Lame Podcast. He's your sidekick. Wow. I and mean, how would you describe this podcast? Um, it's 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 fun. We go to weird places too. Yeah. We talk when I was on we talked about periods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh that was fun. That was fun. And actually, it was
2: much more well-received than, you know, of course, just the topic. Right. I'm like, oh, God. We talked about it for, like, 40 minutes.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of discussion of first periods and stuff. But uh, people, people liked it. Even guys, like, I think, liked it. Yeah.
2: People love to, I don't know, d- dig in a little bit. And mm-hmm. that's what we kind of aim to do is we don't really ask about career stuff. or We kind of just hang out. And it's usually fun.
1: Mm-hmm. I had a really good time. Thank you. We had a lot of fun with you. Thank you. I looked I'm like they are so good at talking. Now I know what it must be like for people to talk to me. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. No, but it really was. It didn't feel like um, an interview, like being peppered with questions, like an interview or anything. It just felt like a conversation. Yeah. um, And I thought that is admirable. Um, because I'm interrogating you right now. No, no, I (laughs) I feel like I'm just yapping. Well, that's the point of this as well. We're we're both in the yapping business. Um, We are. But, but so, but you're also a comedy writer. Yes. Like what are some other things that you're working towards or that you would want to do?
2: Um, I'd love to, I, I really hope to get staffed this year on a sitcom. I've been working towards that for two years. And so that means
1: what? Does that mean doing a spec script?
2: Yeah, I have like a spec script. I have an original. I'm going through all the paces. Um, so hopefully, you know, I have I have great a great team, and hopefully, I'll kind of. It, it's, it's important to have a team behind you, one who understands your brand. That's right. <laughs> that's what they say. I think. I think, but also, it's it's not as cut and dry as I think I originally thought it was. That like, I get submitted and I blah blah blah. I think it's about knowing people and yeah. So I just kind of hope all the stars align this year. But other than that, I I also write poems. So I have a poem of the day, Instagram and Tumblr, which I love. Um, I'd love to eventually get that out on like one of those desk calendar, uh-huh. daily desk That's calendar so cool. things because they're little. I feel like little.
1: people don't um, read, appreciate or talk about poetry very much anymore. I was an English major. Oh. And I like I loved poetry and I should say love, except I find that I don't read it that much and except sometimes I reread the stuff that I had read back then. Right.
2: Um, but that's really cool. Yeah. You might if you're like into poetry, you might poo poo my poems because they're kind of they're very short, they're almost like tweets, but they are there is a difference. Like I can tell if what I'm thinking is a poem or a tweet and the way I visually Structure it is mm-hmm. important. So they're fucking poems because <laughs> I say so. um oh. But yeah, there's, oh, the Tumblr is Elizabeth writes poems.tumblr.com, I think. And I'd love to have a show
1: someday. That you mean that you're hosting? Yeah. A talk show? Yeah. That's I my would dream love to too. do that.
2: Mm hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I've actually, I actually talk about that on this show um, sometimes. Just the fact that, so I had this meet. Here we go again. Telling this story again. I had this general meeting Mm -hmm. um, with a guy where we were just, you know, he's with a production company and we're just getting to know each other and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I hate, general meetings in general because I find them to be um, weirdly, like, I don't know. General. Yeah, like, <laughs> nothing's going to come out of this, and I don't exactly know what I'm here for, but... In the ugh, same way. I don't know anyone who likes them, actually. Maybe there are people who do, though, and then great I know one happen. person, and he has a very successful career. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why does
2: he like them? I think because for him it's... he's He's a great guy who... He was no. He was like almost hated in auditions. You either loved him or hated him because he would go into auditions and do whatever the fuck he wanted. And now he's very successful. Mm. But generals, he would go in and do whatever the fuck he wanted. Like he just likes to be on stage. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had that lighthearted joie de vivre regarding all this <laughs> as opposed to just like, oh God, what are they going to ask me? What do they want to know? Yeah. Ah, what's the right answer? I'm with I'm you. I'm exaggerating, but that's what's happening emotionally. Well, actually that plus the the what's happening inside when I'm in the meeting is like, oh, he totally thinks you're funny. He totally likes you. This <laughs> is going great. You know? And so then he's like, well, so what do you want to do? And, um, so and that's something that I should probably have a better answer for. But I just started explaining my my dream of my talk show and explaining what it would be like, blah blah blah. And, but it wasn't a pitch meeting. It was mm-hmm. just I just didn't know how to dance out of that question well. Mm-hmm. So I was just telling him everything and being like pretty honest and open with my pitch, which I feel like is so good. <laughs> and um, but it is. But so anyway, and then he just you know explained that uh they don't give talk shows to people who aren't household names and just like slowly chipped away at all my dreams that's how it felt to me Ugh. and i walked out of there like an inch tall just being like oh there's no point oh. what is the point of what is the point of anything and e- and even just just as the uh the um the uh word that i can't think of uh, even though I was validated, I still had to pay.
0: <laughs> that oh, really, it didn't bother me
1: that much, that. but I'm just saying that, <laughs> yeah. that's how much it, things weren't, I couldn't, catch, the couldn't thing. catch a break. Yes, Yeah. I will um, say, it's interesting,
2: Andy and I have been developing, the, well, Andy is a producer, as you mentioned, this artist who is like taking off, so we're taking all of these meetings with labels and managers and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's going really great, but there are always people who, whatever it is, even if like eight out of 10 people are saying it's so great, yeah, they will, they just like to have that angle and chip away at it. Like yes. they're, and they can be very successful and important because they can like, they're always looking for, well, what's, what's the, what's going to fail here? Yeah. But it's like, so not conducive to creative people. So, right. Andy and I, Meg is the artist and she's a true artist and she is like sensitive and anyone telling her how to be or what to do is only going to fuck shit up. So we're so protective. Like no one can say anything negative around her. And I understand that it, that might make someone into like a monster, like Mm -hmm. certain celebrities. If everyone's always saying yes around you, that's what it is. But creatively, that's the environment she needs. Like, um, and I've seen it happen. I've seen people do what you just said, like chip away at it. And it's like,
1: those are not creative people. No, no, not at all. This is someone who's not not interested in uh, thinking, to use a cliche that I don't love, thinking outside the box at all. He's just like, this is what the networks want right now, so this is what I'm going to find. And But the thing that was killing me is that I can mention a handful, a very small handful, of unknown podcasters with their own talk shows right now yes um but i look at that and as as jealous as i am i also am happy for them and i'm aware that the more they have success the more people are going to realize that maybe they should give you and me our own talk shows but um but but fuck those people i agree (laughs) yeah it sucks and um, it was also a wake up call, though, because this guy didn 't even know what a podcast was, which is kind of oh, unthinkable that he 's in this town he didn 't know what a podcast was so it 's like to someone who doesn 't know what a podcast is i'm the credentials i 'm walking in there with are like they 're oldish and not as impressive and you know it's so my
2: okay I had this old manager, and my friend and I pitched her a show that was like podcast involved, mm-hmm. but it was a scripted you know show and she her whole argument she was one of those people and she was so we were such a bad fit she meant well and she is successful and she works for other people but her whole thing like spec script wise would be like well instead of just letting me write what I want to write she would be like well no you need to have a script that that because the networks want this, so write this, this, and this, and by the time I would get it to a place, well, she would get she would take my voice out of it, right uh. then it would be like, there are already five shows with this, so I'm sending something out that people are like, we've seen this, what's new? You know, like if I had just written what I wanted to and and that's like months of work, yeah, then this podcast pitch was the final straw. I had been feeling like we weren't a good fit. My friend and I went to pitch her. we'd already pitched to my friend's agents. And, like, her people, and they loved it. And I knew I didn't want to pitch to her, but we finally did. And she was like, no one's going to care about a show about a podcast. No one <laughs> knows what podcasts are. And I'm like, my whole thing is a podcast. Are you saying this to yeah. me? And you're my representation? Like, right? are you kidding me? And that's when literally she laughed and my friend looked at me <laughs> and grabbed my shoulders and was like, you have got to get out. So I did. Was that hard? Get the
1: getting out conversation.
2: Oh my, well, when she said that I'm leaving out this part of it, I started hysterically crying because I had known for so long that this manager was not a good fit creatively with me. Um, And I kind of, in order to admit that I had to admit that the past year, everything I had written and worked so hard on was like not, really me and i had been feeling that way and when she finally said that it like gave me permission but as a comedy writer who has been through a year like rounds of meetings and generals and stuff to get staffed then to have no representation like cutting it off Mm -hmm. is really fucking scary and this was right before staffing season last year and i still did it and it was a very very good decision. And I thought...
1: Was she um, cool about it? what I did
2: was I emailed her Mm -hmm. and I said, like, you're great. I know you're great for some people, but we're not the right fit. First and foremost, you don't know the podcast world and that's become really important to me. And, you know, I wish you the best and (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And her response was pretty standard and, like, she was classy about it until the very end she threw in a curveball that was like oh one of the things she said was like you just don't understand what it takes to make it in this business and I'm like give me Uh-oh. a second yeah. I've been doing this for 10 years I have a pretty good idea yeah um I've given over 75,000 blow jobs I have a pretty good idea okay <laughs> secondly um she was like oh and the timing of this is interesting cuz I I'm about to sign a deal that's gonna take my business to the to the moon or whatever. I'm like, ugh, right. oh, give me a break.
1: But whatever, it was fine. She's probably not even on the moon yet. Right.
2: Yeah, no problem. <sighs> I think she's like halfway there. <laughs> right. But um her oh, like a month later, I signed with this incredible management company. You know, everything works out. Mm-hmm. But for that moment you're in the you're in the deep darkness, and you're like, right. I'm never doing anything, you
1: know. Yeah. But you just have to trust your gut, I guess. Oh, sorry. I think you scratched your neck, Gary, and I thought you were um, giving me the uh, decapitate yourself sign.
0: No, I just had an itch.
1: <laughs> Gary and awesome <laughs> okay. have— okay. You guys are cute. Sorry. No, it's okay. But feel free. scratch your neck if that's what needs to happen. Why are you doing that to me? <laughs> well, I think I think we should do some Just Me or Everyone. This is a segment with a song. Oh.
0: Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done.
1: I love your song. just me you. You. or everyone. And thanks to Tom Rapp, a.k.a. Trap Dog, who makes the songs. Um, so this is where people send in things they do or think that make them wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? And uh here's some of them. They're up there. Will Global says, when I eat a bowl of cereal, I refill the bowl until the milk is gone. Oh, wait. I was... I thought he meant he keeps adding milk to it. He means he keeps adding cereal. cereal to it. Well, that is actually why I don't keep cereal in my house because I will do I'll, I'll keep evening it out till I'm super fat.
2: Oh, yeah, interesting. I, I have
1: cereal is like something that I have issues with. I, I would have issues with, it, although I haven't, it hasn't been a part of my life for a long time. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> really cut <laughs> I you said, I it. You gave the get, heave I, I, I did. Senate I said, packing. I said, you don't understand my world cereal. And uh, this creative relationship is over.
2: Well, my uh, I, I'm really cautious about the milk-cereal ratio. Mm-hmm. And I know what I'm getting into. And That's I good. finish the last bite. I make sure that it's the last bite of cereal and milk. My husband, though, will pour so much milk that there's a full bowl of milk left over. Then after what he's, does he do, though? Then he, he just it leaves out? it in the fucking sink. And he doesn't even pour it down the drain or clean the bowl or put it in the Ew, dishwasher. Huh.
1: How That's does that? Right. And then, <laughs> wow, does that bother you? Yeah. No, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> no, you don't seem bothered. <laughs> so, wait, you say you're very cautious and careful with your ratio. Mm hmm. Do you mean you measure out the milk or do you mean that you, as you're eating, you're careful to make sure that they're both happening at the same time? Both. I don't even think I could even do that if I wanted to. You could if you put your mind to it. When you are pouring the milk into the cereal, assuming that you do it the normal way as opposed to people who pour the cereal into their milk. Oh. That's weird. It's totally weird. Craziness. Yeah, I know. Um, When you are pouring the milk into the cereal, though, does it look like there's not very much milk in there? It does. That's how you do it. That's, That's how, how I you do it. preserve the ratio. Yeah. Gary, cereal weirdness?
0: Uh, the only time I've eaten cereal since I was way younger, I eat it in a cup, and then I just drink the milk if there's leftover milk. Mm,
1: smart. All right. Why? Um, Dian or Keen and I, you know, I don't know how to say your name. I smile at the camera as soon as it's pointing at me, even though the user adjusts things for the next 30 seconds. Yes, I do that too. But then I get that sort of like, uh, I got a smile that's starched onto my face feeling. Yeah, I do the same thing. In fact, my mom used to
2: like, kind of talk, laugh. Like, (laughs) while we're posing, she'd be like...
1: that's good that's so makes it seem so natural
2: yeah so but but, also weird yeah it's a little weird it used to bug the shit out of me but now (laughs) i kind of think i do it i'll like laugh or like (laughs) then you get to laugh about posing but it's not that funny i don't know
1: okay um md bomber says is it just me or everyone nervous to shake hands after washing my hands because people will think it is pee yes it's everyone i am always apologizing for any condensation on my hand
2: it's everyone, right Gary? Yeah. And we all we all have that moment where we shake someone's hand who's just gone to the bathroom and we want to be like, ah, "Don't worry, I know it's not pee. Yeah. We've all been there."
1: Do you ever actually say that though? No, I don't. You just think it, yeah.
2: I do pee on my hands a lot though.
1: <laughs> right. So sometimes it is pee. But I I heard that you're supposed to keep, if you're at a party, perhaps at the Soho House, you're supposed to hold your drink in your non-shaking hand so you won't be offering a clammy hand.
2: That is an etiquette rule I did not know. I don't
1: know how I know it's it. good to know. I don't think I do it. I don't because I'm always apologizing for my cold Diet Coke hand. Oh here's um, a funny story that I've never told anyone it might not be that funny but anyway um, my hands get really cold I'm Mm -hmm. one of those people where I'm always like warm heart (laughs) but um, I don't have good circulation is essentially what I'm saying so my hands get like If, if it's cold or if I'm cold, they get super, super cold. And my boyfriend, when we first got together, was kind of always, you know, like, oh my God, this is unbelievably freezing. And I, um, at that point I was drinking Fresca a lot. Mm. So there was one time, true story. He got into bed and he goes, oh my God, did you bring a can of Fresca to bed? (laughs) I said, no, that's my hand. He, it makes no sense to me. He thought I had actually like gotten into bed with a full can of Fresca and I was holding it in my hand. Because he had touched what felt to be a cold Fresca oh. hand. But it was my dead hand. Dead <laughs> hand. Yeah. Dead can hand. Yeah, it makes me feel sexy just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Diabolic Dave. I feel like throwing up when I touch pill bottle cotton or think about it. Parentheses typing this made me a little sick. Now, either Diabolic Dave has sent that one in or we have received... A pill bottle cotton JMO before because I'm familiar with this. I don't have that, but uh, it's not just you unless it is just you and you've sent it in twice. Do you know people who feel like very uncomfortable with that?
2: Yeah, no, I don't have that. But I have that feeling about like chalk Mm. or chalky things. Yes. I think that's a, yeah. I don't think it's you, just you, and I don't think it's everyone.
1: Right. There are certain textures that if i touch them like certain jeans or corduroy if it's yeah. like it something that's too, like it uh, makes me feel icky just thinking about it. Yeah. Um like i have a mouse pad. Uh i actually have a mouse on my computer that's attached with a cord. It's very retro. Wow. Yeah. Um, my like, but the mouse pad i don't know what the material is but when i think about like rubbing my hands on it i'm like <clears throat> makes me feel icky. Ew. It's too porous or something. Yeah. I don't know. I had a friend who hated eggs because when she looked at, like, an omelet or something and it was all porous, it made her feel nauseous just looking at it. And I I totally get that.
2: Yeah, I get that, too. Ah, dick skin.
1: (laughs) No thanks. You can't look at it? Or touch it. (laughs) (laughs) It must be weird for Andy. But but I'm sure he gets it.
2: We work things out.
1: (laughs) Um, T.W. Levinson, just me or everyone can't sleep with socks on. Just you. I sleep fine with socks on, unless it's really hot. I can't. Can't? Mm mm. Gary?
0: No, definitely not. No Is this socks. everyone? I don't know. How I don't did think... you sleep
1: when you were a baby and you were in footy pajamas?
0: Well, I. Don't I know.
1: told my parents I did not. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, mystery. Let's see. The liquor talks. While sleeping, I fear the parts of me that aren't covered by a blanket are potentially in danger. Yes, and the parts that are under socks are extra safe. Um, yeah, I unless it's like so hot that the only way I can sleep is to kick off all the covers, in which case I won't sleep well. I like to be bundled up.
2: I'm, uh, I can throw stuff out there. I'm not worried about danger.
1: Can, could you dangle something off the end of the bed?
2: No, more... Uh, I couldn't dangle, but I could... I <laughs> that could, sounds uncomfortable anyway. I could lay other... I, I, I'll i throw a leg out, like one in, one out. Yeah. Temperature control. Mm-hmm. I'm not a pussy. <laughs> I don't think that there's going to be a ghost come eat my leg. Well, now I will.
1: Yeah. Gary?
0: Uh, no. I mean, I, I can relate to this. I agree with what Elizabeth said. In general, I like... Wait, no, I agree with what you said. In general, I like to be covered, Mm -hmm. but if I can't be, then I will be completely uncovered with fans just blowing on me from three feet away, and I won't sleep.
1: Yes, 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 an uncomfortable night.
0: But I'm not, like, worried about things being attacked if they're... Uncovered. Dangling. (laughs) Well, in my case, my legs are always dangling off the end of my bed.
1: Right. Poor 11-inch Gary. Do you ever look at beds or think about beds and think, it's so weird that we sleep in, that we've created these things. I feel like I'm going to lose everyone right now. But it's weird that we've created these things that have these covers that everyone sleeps in. It's just weird. Like, I look at dog beds, and I think, yeah, the dog enjoys sleeping on that. And we sleep in these things. I wish we had dog
2: beds. Like, enormous (laughs) dog beds. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that would be cool actually,
2: but I think it's weird that we like don't w- when we were buying a mattress. Mattresses are expensive for a good reason. You spend half of your life on them, mm-hmm. but you don't think about that. Like you spend half of your life there. Uh, yeah, well, maybe not. You're half. sleeping
1: a lot. <laughs> I know what you're saying, though. A lot of time. I spend sixty five
2: percent of my life there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so my boyfriend and I are... Isn't that I know, interesting? No, I have something to say about beds. Daniel and I are moving in together, and he and I have different um, preferences in beds. Ooh. He likes the top bunk, and I like the bottom bunk. <laughs> um, although, did you ever have a trundle bed as a kid? Oh, yeah. Do they still make those? I feel like a bunch of kids got folded up in the trundle. <laughs> <Right>. Got smushed. <laughs> trundle tragedies. Um well, so his bed is really soft and mine is, has a pillow top, um, but it is yeah, it a does. Little, yeah. <laughs> I think mine's soft too, but it's a little more firm. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I've done a lot of research. <laughs> I believe he has. And it's not really better for your back to be on a, a firmer mattress. It's whatever feels best mm-hmm. to you. But I don't like his bed because I'm like, I feel like it's just this big smushy thing. So. We're moving in together, and there's been this question in the air. Whose bed are we going to be sleeping in? And uh, it turns out it's going to be mine. Yay! Yeah, yay for me, but I feel a little bad. I feel a little bad that he just, like, decided, eh, that's cool, it's just yours. And I think, hmm. Well,
2: what are you going to have to give up for that? What price are you paying? My
1: independence? That's right. (laughs) I don't really know. I guess I'll find out.
2: He'll come to like it.
1: A smushy, smushy bed is no good. Yeah. He'll realize exactly. All right, um, is it me or everyone says James L. Wilson? When people say you have really improved, I feel hurt because I don't want to know that I sucked before. Yes, I totally, totally get that. Oh, I feel that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I, you look. Have you lost weight? That one. Except yeah, yeah, yeah. The weird thing is that when I was younger, it depends. It go, it go. I go back and forth about whether I want to hear that or not. Sometimes I think if you worked I, really yes. hard for
2: it, then you're like,
1: Yeah. Yes. Whereas if you if you're walking around thinking you look good and then someone and you haven't done anything and then someone says that or something No, I feel like actually that one's always pleasant. The only thing is it would be have you lost weight? You look so much better. Yeah. Like, you know when you don't want to hear it is if you're on a date with someone who doesn't know you well. Yeah. Because then 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 he's going. Yeah. I didn't realize that your natural way of being is fat. Yeah. exactly. That's, yeah. Otherwise, I'm okay with that. But, yeah. But you've really improved. It just depends. If it's something where you were aware that there was room for improvement, then it's nice. But if it's something that um, you thought you're like, no, I've always been good. Yeah. Then it just hurts.
2: Yeah. Like, Andy weighs me every morning. And when Mm -hmm. he says you've really improved, (laughs) I feel joy. Yeah. So I guess um, James L. Wilson is alone on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate. It's a very um, it's a loving, loving Twitter handle. Uh, is it just me or everyone? When I look in my rearview mirror, I'm positive that I know what side the driver behind me is on. I'm never right. Okay. I like this one because I don't understand it and I want to know. <laughs> Do you guys? No. The driver is on the driver's side. Right. Maybe this person is always su- I hate perhaps I hate is surprised that they're on the driver's side and he thinks they're going to be on the uh other side. The mirror side? trickery. Right, it could be. I have a lot of trouble doing things in a mirror and then I always think I could never uh, be a weather person. Cuz you know they have to Indeed. Point, like my I'm always pointing the wrong way and I'm, when I'm looking at the back of my head or trying to touch something in a mirror. Yeah. Or something, but Again, I think you could be anything you want to be, but Maybe but that's I would, a challenge to I, overcome. They be say, they'd be saying, you really improved <laughs> with that one. Also, <laughs> right. something weird. I say mirror when I mean window and window when I mean mirror. Whoa. Oftentimes. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I know that's a just me thing. Although I'm sure there's someone else out there who has that too. But it's just like a weird sort of brain misfiring. Yeah. I'm pretty aware of it though. So like I pause. You know, I, I haven't done it accidentally in a long time because I'm so conscious of it. Oh, that's but so weird. interesting. Do you have any weird brain misfirings? Ha! Uh, not that I can think of. That's like that.
2: I mean, that one's really interesting because they are so different but so similar.
1: Well, to me, they're both reflective. Right. That's, I see I think the similarities. Where my head is, sure. Yeah. <laughs> thinking they're the same. <laughs> I mean, I guess they are really different though. But to but that's 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 what I should focus on to find my way out of this weird misfiring. Yeah. Um. Another weird. Th- Gary, do you have any weird misfirings in your brain?
0: No, not that I can think of.
1: Okay, you fucking normal And I, don't
0: get, I don't get that rearview mirror one, but I'm always somehow delighted when I look behind me and there's an ambulance that says ambulance. You know, like when they've put it on backwards on the thing. Oh, so oh yeah. I don't know why. That, that always makes me happy. It, oh.
2: That, seeing an ambulance always makes right. me happy.
1: Just to know. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, am. That's how bad I am with mirrors is that I, if I saw it correctly in the mirror, I wouldn't even realize that I did. Well, would you, would you realize that means that they wrote it reverse so that you No, see it I wouldn't think
2: of it.
0: I'd... All right, fine. It's just me. It's just you. Hey,
1: did we skip one on purpose? We did it on purpose. Yeah. Sorry. But no, it's <laughs> okay. Me to call you out. It's because I did that one on a different, on a different show. Oh, do you I see. want to do that one though? Do you to speak to you? Okay. All right. Well, I have to tell um you guys something funny, which is someone tweeted me and said, Why is it that I get your songs... Like, this is the way I get your songs stuck in my head. Allison, Rosen. So, you know, my theme song is Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your... I am uh, tone deaf, but new best friend. Yeah. Um, And he gets it stuck in his head. Allison, Rosen, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, Do That Dance Again. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Ah, Which delights me to no end. (laughs) And I... But I have gotten... um, here I go again on my own like a Twizzler. I was born to walk alone for some oh. reason because we were playing that song. But it, Twizzler is not the actual lyric. Like a twister? I think it's drifter. Drifter. Yeah. And on the Anna Carolla show, we were playing that song, all the different versions of that song, uh-huh. which is torture because it's been fucking stuck in my head ever since. But uh. with the word Twizzler. <laughs> I, and it cracks me up every time and I don't know what it means. Oh, that's weird.
2: Yeah, that is weird. It's weird. I'm sure that we've all had these moments where, like, a song you really loved when you were a teenager or something, you realize that the words
1: you were sure they were yes are not at all are not at all what you think. Although I never had feelings about that song, and never thought it was Twizzler. There's a series of books called Excuse, uh, Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy, mm-hmm. and it's just a whole bunch of lyrics that are, have been misheard, like oh, that's the funny. Um, the Golden Girls theme song. <gasps> Like My, favorite. My spec script is a Golden girl spec script. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> well, the theme song, Um, it's, and if I threw a party and invited everyone, or if you threw a party and invited everyone, you would no. see the biggest gift, gift would be, would for, be me, for me and the card attached would say. I always thought it was, and the heart attack would say. <sighs> and it didn't make sense really, except that they're old. Sure. Then, you know, then I realized yeah. I was hearing it wrong. <laughs> that
2: would be a different tone to the show.
1: It really would. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen every episode? Are you mm-hmm. like that? Do you have a favorite episode? I have
2: my favorite moment. Which is? Um, the girls are going on a cruise. Mm-hmm. And they go to like CVS to buy prophylactics. And um, they say, oh, maybe we should. We're doing this cruise and blah, blah, blah. And, and, My favorite line of all is, uh, Rose doesn't know what they're going to buy, and she's like, what are we getting? What are we getting? And finally, Dorothy goes, condoms, Rose, condoms, condoms, condoms. (laughs) That's my favorite. That whole scene is fucking amazing, though. It's so good. I
1: think I've seen that. Did you watch Empty Nest? Yes. The spinoff of Golden Girls. Indeed. I feel like not enough people watched that. It was good. It's pretty good. Dreyfus. That's right. Um... Uh, Gary is so young that he didn't even know who Christy McNichol was. Oh, Gary. How old are you?
0: 27.
2: Oh. It's not even that young, but it is. 27 is a good bridge age to, you can still like drink with all your friends and you're not like, oh, so-and-so has a drinking problem. It's not, you know, there's that moment where like, I guess, I think around 30, you start to go, some of my friends have drinking problems. And then, but it's also, like, you're an adult, but you can still be a kid. It's mm-hmm. great. Great age.
1: Cherish it.
0: Yeah. Are I'm you? Yeah.
1: Good. I feel like he is. Like, Ever Soho since I left house, college, first I've, class.
0: I've realized it's all downhill <laughs> from there. Club
1: 33. Club 33. Yeah, leaving college was a big, awful wake-up call for me. That's when I realized, wow, the real world is, uh, you're, you're not special, and it oh. doesn't, and it's just mundane, and it sucks, and no one really cares yeah. about you or your and your special whateverness. Yeah, and I wasn't prepared for it. That's how I felt. That
2: it is. It is such a harsh, a let and let also down. like having everything plotted out. Although there are some people who do, who they're like well, I'm out of college and I'm going to get my CPA and blah, blah, yes, blah.
1: There's certain people who were recruited into financial type consulting jobs in college. And then they just like, they had a week off or less than that. And then they went straight into their, their real lives. lives. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't like that.
2: Yeah. Nor none of us were. Look right. at us.
1: I know. Look
2: at this crew. We're
1: path- like Twizzlers. We were born <laughs> alone. We're alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, Elizabeth, this has been so much fun. So we much didn't fun. even talk about the fact that you're probably going to, or you are going to be launching a new podcast. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, I don't
2: know if it it it, it will be just launching uh, maybe after this airs. So everyone should go to totally dot com, or find us on Facebook and find out some more info. I'll leave it at that.
1: Okay. And on Twitter, we can follow you at totally lame. Okay. And it's Any- L A I M E. Oh yes. That's good to say that because people wouldn't have known. No. Um, anything else you want to plug or mention? No, I think that's pretty much it. All right. Well, um, Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You can follow me on Twitter at alisonrosen.com. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. Um, you can email us at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F at com. And I just realized – wait, is Gary still in there? I just realized there was something that I wanted to do that I totally forgot, which is I need to tell a certain person. Hey. Hey. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yes. Um. This. Uh. Lost my train of thought for. Th- okay. So this guy left a comment on my website, which has made me do a lot of thinking, and I don't oh, want to no. do that. Yeah. He. So I just had Andrew WK on my show, mm-hmm. and or when when people hear this episode, it will have been like Andrew WK was on a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. uh, but that just aired, and he's like. I can't believe you didn't get that the whole, you know, the entire interview was a, a parody. This is like Noam Chomsky um, uh, promoting his interview with Sasha Baron Cohen, whatever character he was at that point or something. And it made me think, oh my god, was I getting fucked, <laughs> punked, right by Andrew WK the entire time? I really don't think so. But then I got all these tweets from people saying. Like, right after that, for a second, I was, like, saw. I was really thinking about it. I'm like, hmm. And then I got all these tweets from people saying, like, it was the funniest episode ever. They loved it, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, ultimately, it doesn't really matter because it spoke to people. Yeah. And, but I don't, I mean, what he's suggesting is something that I don't think exists, which is the idea that Andrew WK gets off the mic and was like, ha, (laughs) completely pulled the wool over her eyes by presenting this faux personality. I do, I think that what happens is, When you develop a persona, like, it becomes a part of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot – I mean, and he talked about that on the show. Like, a lot of who he is is a persona, but it uh, is also what he believes and what he wants to be and stuff like that. Well, if he talked
2: about that on the show, then that debunks this guy's theory totally.
1: Yes, except that he didn't speak – he didn't talk about it in a really, really straightforward way. He just – I was kind of trying to get at that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was saying that he – Started thinking, like, who would he, what would the guy who he would want to be around who would cheer him up because he was depressed, what would that guy say? What would that guy do? Um, so in that way, that's sort of a, a tipping of the cap yes. to like this, it, it didn't start out exactly who I am, right? It's a bit calculated, but I, but I don't think it's like, um, I'm trying to think of an example of someone who's a complete fabrication of a human being, like, um like um, JT Lee were, wait no that is that a real person or is that not the real person there's a whole there was a whole person in New York an author who was also a bunch of photos were taken of this guy mm-hmm. who it actually was a woman playing this character oh i be, this is not that no yeah
2: and i think you're right it doesn't matter like people love to feel smart and when they make comments like about what you're doing it's so that they can feel smart about stuff and it, it informs them that they could do whatever you're doing that better. Yeah. So it's, it's a cowardly way of feeling like you're creative without being it.
1: By just being a dick?
2: Yeah. So when people make dickish comments, it's them being insecure about them not doing shit. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to worry about that. Thank you. But- and people did enjoy the episode. If some people said it was one of the best episodes ever, like, own that and roll with that. Thank you very much. And they'll change their mind
1: after they hear this episode. That's right. <laughs> but, but still, to that guy, for making me think and wonder, I say... Hey, hey,
0: hey, go fuck yourself. Right.
1: Gary, what do you think? Did, had that occurred to you? That the whole thing was uh, some gigantic practical joke that is, uh, he lives as his life or something?
0: I saw that comment and laughed for 90 seconds and then never thought about it again.
2: Okay. Oh, to be a man... A Twenty-seven-year-old <laughs> charming world man
1: stretching out before you. I don't
0: know. We spent like four and a half hours with him that day between Adam's show and this one. Right. It, he no, never took his no, hair off. At no point did I see a glimpse of. Okay, now we're turning it on like that. Just yeah. wasn't, that just wasn't the case. He was who he was.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. If you hung out with him, the thing is, he was saying that he gets a charge from porta potties. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is the thing where I was like, really? Do you really or are you just being the embodiment of the party lifestyle? But he would say to you, I, what I am, <clears throat> what I stand for is the embodiment of the party lifestyle. So it, it's like it becomes kind
2: of a It does point. become,
1: and you're right, it kind of, it inhabits a part of you,
2: I would imagine. Yeah.
0: And you know what? I agree with Elizabeth. It doesn't matter. And I'll say this. If it was a bit, he was in it for like four and a half hours, and he was dedicated as fuck to it, and it was yes, perfect. Yes, that's the thing. So who if cares? it's a
1: bit, then it has become who he is all the time, right? So yeah. I think you know he is a living bit if he is that, which is actually kind of what my my questions about how did it all happen. I was trying to drive at that, but I wouldn't have put it in such reductive terms. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to figure out did this start as a send up at all, or right. you know what? I don't even think I called a send up. I, I was like. Were, were you making sort of like a an, a statement? Right. But anyway. But anyway, fuck that guy and yeah. not fuck all of you guys and yeah. um, the listeners whom I love. So anyway, you guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, um, why not click through the banner on my website, AlisonRosen.com, and then it doesn't cost you anything, but it helps out the show. That'd be awesome. And uh, leave us some iTunes comments and click five stars if you think the show deserves it or if you don't. That's what I say. I, I give <laughs> I like them that. the option.
2: Don't do the fucking... Don't do four stars. Don't do four stars because you think, oh, but this isn't your, your all-time favorite pod. Leave the five stars. If you like it, it's free
1: entertainment. Buy, for God's sakes, That's don't right. leave four stars. Yeah, but hey, four stars is better than fewer. But how about five? No, you <laughs> no, get five stars. Five. Five. Five, goddammit, five.
2: I I, my, Andy's Andy wouldn't on because we have a podcast, but he's a type that he's very principled and so he would feel like, to be fair, four. And I have oh we boy. have fans who are very supportive and who have left four stars. Most people leave five, thank mm-hmm. God.
1: Leave five. Yeah. What they don't realize is that by leaving four, you're fucking the person's star rating and soul. ranking and soul. You're you fucking their soul.
0: You know what I'd say? I'd be perfectly fine with you leaving five stars and then explaining in your comment that it was only deserving of four.
1: Yeah. Feel yeah. free. Yeah. But you know what? You know what? If you leave four stars. <laughs> ha,
2: ha, 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 ha.
1: Hey, huh. hey, hey, go right. fuck yourself. Gary and I need to work on our. Um, well, on, Gary has our, to run three te- miles. Yeah. To- What's the word? Coordination? Telepathy? Telepathy. No, this has come up lately on both shows where he's been trying to communicate with me through just like hoping that he can beam the thoughts to my brain and also motioning. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at him like, and then <laughs> it hasn't gone as well as we'd hope. know. <laughs> yeah it didn't work do that again and i'll explain what you're trying to say he's grabbing his ear yeah do you any cans cans two times talking
2: (laughs) what
0: no it was tell them guess. yeah okay what i did was i grabbed my i grabbed my headphones then i put up two fingers and then i made mouth motions with my hand
1: yeah, and what that was supposed to indicate was, tell them if they want to know the answer to this question, they should tune into the podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> right?
0: Well, yeah, but my logic was, listen to find out. <sighs> listen when to find, find out.
1: out. <laughs> wow! Yeah.
0: Which is ridiculous, now that I say it out loud. I understand I it's was funny, wrong. It's funny, though. was
1: funny. It was a good in the heat of try. The, in the
0: heat of a, I need to get this information to her in three seconds in the middle of a live podcast, it Charades seemed, it seemed to be smart. the best. I get yeah.
1: it. it was good. It was a good try. Yeah. <laughs> you just did it again for anyone who's listening and not knowing Very what's going Very animated. On. I know. All right. Well, gosh, this was really, really fun. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners. Um, And I love you guys. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, do
0: you know about the Rose Rosen show? show. Rosie is your new best friend.
1: time for the Allison oh. Rosen and show